Hey, magic makers, Kelsey Foremost here, host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where entrepreneurship and mental health meet. And I got to tell you, when I hung up my conversation with my guest, Kate Kordsmeyer today, I immediately had this feeling that this is going to be one of my all-time favorite episodes, certainly of this year, if not of this podcast. And the reason for that is that Kate really walks the walk, maybe more than anybody else that I know, as far as being unapologetic about wanting to be financially successful with her business, while also prioritizing her mental health and the holistic picture of her life. In this episode, we're going to get into some really deep questions about mindset, about guilt, about money, But we're also going to give some practical advice and tips on how to set up streams of passive income and what that might look like for you. We're going to talk about how work-life balance is actually a myth, that there's no such thing as a work-life balance. It's not this binary thing. Work is part of life. And it's only when you look at your life as a holistic picture that is constantly ebbing and flowing and changing. And there's different seasons and different things light us up at certain times. It's only when you really can surrender to that, that you can build a life and a business that is fulfilling and that you love to show up for every day. Please, please, please welcome my friend Kate Kordsmeyer to the podcast. She's a writer, an educator, a creative entrepreneur. She lives in Atlanta with her adorable kiddos, Gemma and Jackson, her husband, Matt, and they have three very cute fur babies, Scout, Boo, and Finch, just like the book. Yes, To Kill a Mockingbird. Push those imaginary glasses up your nose if you got that. (laughs) So Kate, like I said, really walks the walk. She left a flourishing journalism career to start a holistic wellness blog, which became a multi six figure business over the course of a couple years. She's going to go into how she did that in the episode today. And now what Kate does is she took what she learned building that multiple six figure business. And she now teaches other heart centered online entrepreneurs, how to create purpose-driven profitable online businesses. She does that through her podcast and through some coaching programs. She's really gifting us a lot of fantastic advice today. So please, please, please welcome my friend Kate to the podcast today. This episode is especially for you if you are feeling burnt out or if you are a mom who is trying to juggle a lot of different things at once. If balance is something you wish was more of a priority, this is the episode for you. So please welcome Kate Kordsmeyer to find your magic. Kate Kordsmeyer, you are just one of my favorite humans in general, and also one of my favorite business owners who I've followed for a long time. We've become internet friends. We got to meet in real life one of these days. Yes, please sign me up for that. You guys, Kate is one of my favorite people because not only is she incredibly successful with her business, but she maybe more than anybody that I know really puts importance and priority in balance and in voicing how important balancing your life life with your work life is. And there are also a lot of different 
elements. Like you've got, you know, your mom life and your relationship and your business and your team and like yourself, self-care. So Kate, I'd love to start by sharing a little bit about how you kind of found your way to your current niche. And then maybe we can get a little bit more into how you have built this amazing sort of structure where you're able to be your full self in all those different aspects of your life. Oh, wow. Well, that was a really nice way to put it. It doesn't always feel quite as seamless as you said it, but I think that's important though. I think that that right away is something that's important to acknowledge that it doesn't always feel super balanced and it's like a constant ebb and flow. Yes. Yes. That is for sure. And very true. So yeah, I am one of those people that feels like I want to, I'm always wanting to learn and try new things. And then once I do something and I like figure it out. I then have to go teach other people how to do it. So every (laughs) like stage of my career has been from, Hmm, let me try this new thing. And then I try it. And sometimes I don't figure it out. And that, you know, that goes, okay, well what's next. And there's a lesson. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lesson. And then the things that do, um, I kind of turn into its own business. So for example, um, I, my career was mostly in the first about 10 years spent in it as a journalist. And, um, so I was a writer and I did, was a food and travel writer for national magazines. I got to travel all over the world. It was fantastic job. Um, sounds more glamorous than it actually was. Always is. <laughs> yes. But I am very fortunate for the opportunities it afforded me. And, um, after a while, I was like ready for something new. And I was hearing, I mean, blogs weren't new. This was 2014, 2015. Um, but I was like hearing more about these people making like crazy money from their blogs. And so I basically just thought, like, well, let's try it. Let's see what we could make happen. I didn't really know it wasn't ever going to be a hobby. It was very much like, this is a business decision and mm-hmm. I'm going to treat it like a business, but I didn't know maybe it'll be something I do on the side. Maybe it'll become my full-time thing. I don't know. And so I started a blog called Root and Revel um, at the end of 2015. And after that turned into um, a six-figure business, about around the two-year mark, I was like, huh, (laughs) this is a legit thing. Yeah. I should say so. Yeah. So people started asking me, you know, how did you do this? And then my course was born and I created the six figure blog Academy. And so, um, from there, then I started learning about how to sell courses, how to create, you know, a course and have a course business. And so then the next thing kind of came, which was the success with soul incubator. And that's kind of combining a a lot of my history and, you know, career experience, um, into one program where it's more about now I'm teaching people how to create like a sustainable, soulful business that really is a combination of using what I've learned about content marketing to get organic traffic Mm -hmm. and balancing that with, you know, more passive income systems so that you can actually get back to your life because it's so easy to just spend all day, every day in your business as an entrepreneur. Um, And so, yeah, it's just 
kind of that cycle of like, let me try something new. And if I figure it out, then I'm going to help somebody else do the same thing. I love that so much. And I think that that's a really important point to lean into is that you can have both the mindset of, I want to make money from this thing. And I want to serve people from this thing. I think that a lot of times we have this misconception that it has to be one or the other. And you either are like a hundred percent on the side of like, I'm just giving, giving, giving service, service, service. There's absolutely a place for that, but it is okay to also want to make money and sell things. And I certainly have had to do a lot of mindset work, especially post COVID, because I think a lot of people were really hungry to start their own business and to have that autonomy and to leave that soul sucking nine to five to create their own thing. But they either felt really guilty because they wanted to make money from it, or they felt bad that they weren't serving. So I think that's really important to talk about that mindset. Absolutely. And you can do both. And I actually think that by charging for your services, I mean, not only are you honoring your own time and experience and skills and, you know, yourself, but I do think you're actually honoring the people who become customers. And there's an expression that's like, those who pay, pay attention. And I think of this as more from like a service perspective. Like if you actually want to get people results, they need to have some stake in the game. Like they need to, I think if you could just give everybody stuff for free, there's not enough internal motivation sometimes for people to actually take action and get those results and that transformation. But when they have something on the line, whether it's money or time or some, you know, some other kind of investment, I think they actually end up getting the results that they want uh, more often because of that. That's such a great point. And it also makes me think about, you know, that old parable. I don't, I'm going to mess up the wording, but the whole, like, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, but teach a man the fish, teach a man to fish and he eats for a lifetime. It's kind of the same thing with online business. And especially for course creators where like, So many course creators I know come from a one-to-one service provider background. Like for me, I was a freelance copywriter for a couple of years and I just was super frustrated because I could only serve a very limited number of people. And if I wanted to scale, I had to raise my rates and I felt icky because I was having to raise them to prices that were just too, I just didn't feel good about it because I knew that there was a huge portion of the population that was going to be left out by this and pivoting into courses, which is something that you did as well mm-hmm. is a really great thing to think about. If you who are listening to this or like, I really love serving and I really love making money, but I'm like hitting a wall right now with how to continue to serve and scale. Right. Yeah. And there's always ways to make things more accessible to different groups of people and people who maybe don't have as much opportunity and means. I mean, you can offer scholarships, you can, you know, have like this podcast is a free resource for people. And, you know, I think there's, there's some levels of like, there's a scale of you're giving away certain things, but then you, in order to honor yourself and the transformation, I feel like then there's, you know, different levels, but definitely women in particular have a very hard time (laughs) raising their rates. We're notorious for undercharging ourselves, even in 
nine to five corporate jobs. There's, you know, many reasons why women make less than men, but, um, it, it happens everywhere. And so I think it's a lot of mindset stuff too, of just like, yeah, completely. I read a statistic and I don't remember the exact numbers. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, but there was some statistic about just the mindset of thinking that you'll be able to do something, talking about that corporate job idea of um, people who apply for certain jobs that are a little bit above where they are right now, or maybe way above where they are right now. And again, I'm sure I'm misquoting the number, but it was something like 80% of men would still apply, even if they were vastly underqualified (laughs) because their mindset was, oh, I can totally do that. Like, even if I don't know how to, yeah, even if I don't know how to yet, like I can totally figure that out where it was something like only a little bit below 50% or even 40% for women, they didn't have that same mindset of I'm not qualified yet, but I can figure it out. They had that. I'm not qualified. So I'm just not going to apply. Right. Take themselves out of the running. Like there's, um, so I have a son who's three, a returning three next, next month. And he is obsessed with the movie cars. And (laughs) for anybody who's seen this movie, there is a female trainer and there is a male driver, lightning McQueen, the main, the main star. Right. (laughs) And anyway, to cut to the chase here, there's a scene where she asks him, like, how did you decide to just go for it? Like, how did you know you could win? And he said, I just never thought I couldn't. Mm. And I'm like, that right there is the difference between men and women. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Profound, profound. Right? Cars, you thank you. Pixar, <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you like making money on autopilot? Thought so. That's why I am tickled pink to share one of our sponsors for Find Your Magic is my personal favorite platform, Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I, Kajabi. They are the number one most trusted knowledge commerce platform, and they have the most ways to directly monetize your content. So that means you can build and launch courses. You can have coaching programs, host your podcast. This podcast is coming to you from Kajabi right now. You can have memberships. There's so many ways to monetize content with Kajabi. And the reason I love them above other platforms is they make it so freaking easy. If you are technology averse like me, you are going to love how easy it is to just seamlessly create products and create marketing funnels all directly on one platform. You don't need to be connecting a million different things and tearing your hair out, trying to figure out why the cart isn't going to the email, isn't going to the analytics. Like it's just done. It's just all in Kajabi. It has seriously saved me so much time and so much money in my business. Can't recommend it highly enough. So pumped to be able to call them a sponsor. So go to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi for a free 30-day trial of Kajabi's platform. That's kelseyformost.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Kajabi's awesome. Now you mentioned your son and I would love if we talked a little bit for the moms in the audience, because 
I think it's so important to showcase successful entrepreneurs who are also mothers. You guys have, I am not a mother myself. You guys have a very unique situation. Um, what would you say to moms out there who are either thinking about starting their own thing or maybe who have started their own thing, but feel maybe a little bit guilty about taking time and attention away from their family? Mm. Gosh, so many things. I mean, I know that's a big, deep question. And maybe it's not even the right question to ask. You can definitely direct the conversation because again, I'm not a mom. So, but I'm so, so, so in awe of moms and supportive of moms and want to share like things that will help. No, I'm glad you're less alone. Yeah. I'm glad you're asking questions like this. And, you know, every mom and woman is different. There are some moms who love to be stay at home and that like fulfills their soul in every way possible. And that's fantastic. And there are others who want something more and, um, and that's also okay. And so, um, I have, I have two kids and they One's about to be three and one is about a year and a half now. And so we're like in the thick of like toddler years. And <laughs> I don't know if I can curse on this show, but you can. Um, it is a shit show. So <laughs> probably literally. <laughs> yes. Literal Some shit show literal over here. Shit show. Yes. And one of the things that's just coming up for me is like, to I wish women would stop pretending that they have it all together because nobody has it all together, least of all me. And a freaking um, man. Yeah. I think feeling like we can do it all. And this is something that comes up a lot. And when I'm talking to other um, female and mom entrepreneurs in particular is like, oh, you can stay home with your kids and build this online business. And I'm like, no, you can't, you Mm. need childcare. Like anybody who is acting like you can build this super profitable, sustainable business in like 30 minute spurts throughout the day with no childcare and no breaks and no, no help. I I just feel like they're lying, you know, like they're, and they're giving other moms this false sense of like what's possible. Yes. Can you create a more flexible schedule? Can you be the ones to like pick your kids up from school and take them to their things and get off early? You know, like, yes, you can create your own schedule. And it doesn't mean that you have an hour commute each way and you're sitting in an office. Like I can go to every single doctor's appointment. I can, you know, if my kids are sick. Cool. Well, not cool, but you know, I can stay yeah, home with them. Right. Like it's not an issue. Um, but it, I think that people leave out the piece that's like, and I have childcare, I have health. Yes. And I also have a cleaning crew that comes to my house. And I like, I am not doing this by myself. I have a partner who's very supportive and a true like co-partners, um, you know? And so I think kind of dispelling the myth that like, you can be super mom and you can do all the things. It's like, can we stop celebrating super mom? Because we're all over here being like, I'm drowning. And everyone's like, no, look at you. You can do it all. And you just want to be like, and giving no. positive praise for oh. that. And like, yeah. you know, there's this weird sort of, I don't know if there's a term for this yet, but like toxic positive reinforcement where yeah. it's like you're actually making it worse because yes. you're making it seem like it's a good thing that you're burning out all the time and that you're not caring for yourself or not paying attention to your own needs or Mm -hmm. like taking on 
the emotional load as well as a, there's just so, there's just so much to unpack there. Yeah. And I, God, thank you so much for saying all of that. I, the more that we can be honest about what it's really like behind the scenes of doing what you love, because this is the thing, there's not like a magic job or a magic business that you're going to create and magically, as I love the word magic, but <laughs> magically feel like, oh, now I've waved this wand and everything's perfect. And I'm going to feel fulfilled every single minute of the day and have flexibility to like be a partner, be a friend, be a daughter, be a mom, like, because I've created this perfect thing. Right. No, like every container has its own ebbs and flows and pushes and pulls. And the only way that anything can be successful is if there's other parts of your life supporting it. Yeah. And there's this book, um, that Dr. Angela Loria wrote that I feel like women are always talking about that work-life balance Mm. and it's such an illusion. But one of the reasons that, um, Angela says it's an illusion is because it's not like you have work on one side and, um, life on the other. And you're just trying to balance these two things. Like your work is a part of your life and it's a scale with multiple measuring trays. So you have work and you have kids and you have hobbies and you have relationships and you have like your own self-care and personal development and all the you know chores and all the other responsibilities and, and fun and vacation and everything. And it's just a balancing act of all the trays because they're all like a part of our life. And we keep trying to separate like work from life and that's work-life balance. But I think it is such an illusion. That's such a good point, especially because I don't think that there is an emotional separation for me and like a mental health separation at all. If something Mm -hmm. is going poorly in my life, then I can't focus or concentrate on business in the same way and vice versa. Like if I, if something is not working or I had a, something didn't happen that I wanted to happen, or I'm late on a deadline or whatever it is, then I'm going to have a hard time like eating well and sleeping well and showing up in my friendships or whatever it is. Yeah. It's all interconnected. And I had my therapist actually said something really similar to that image you just, um, talked about of like, Mm -hmm. it's a scale with all the different, you know, these different plates. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, sometimes Kelsey, you have to put the scale down. Mm. Like you, you have to rest because if you're constantly like trying to balance everything and like your focus is on like making sure everything is even and whatever, like that is spending energy too. And sometimes you really just need to put the scale down. Like, don't worry if your work and life is balanced. Don't worry so much. Like sometimes you just need to go away, read a terrible, fluffy YA vampire novel, (laughs) and then come back and you'll be better for it. (laughs) A thousand percent. Yeah. I think it's like, we're kind of what you said earlier. Like, are we asking the wrong questions? It's like, I think we're seeking the wrong thing, like Mm. seeking this work-life balance that doesn't exist. And also it's like, we just are, we're set up to fail because we'll never, we'll never get there. And I think things 
I think of things in much more of a seasonal cyclical manner, because there are always like, like you said before, we're not going to achieve one goal and then go now things are better forever. It's like, it might be for a little bit, but then something else is going to happen. Something's going to change time, you know, just moves on and whatever things change. And so it's such a fluid thing. And I'm losing my train of thought. As I'm it's totally now, okay, but... because you actually gave me an idea while okay. you were talking, which is something that you talk about a lot, you know, when you and I have worked together before, and this is something that was a huge light bulb moment for me, which is you talked about learning how to create passive income. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we're talking about how things change and things are cyclical and seasonal, but there are a few things that you can learn how to do that are going to support you no matter what is in that particular season. And for me in my own life, one of them is setting up passive income and the thing that I am selling or the thing that I'm working on might change, but the, the foundation of understanding how to set up a funnel that provides passive income so that it's not taking a ton of energy out of my day is, has been a huge thing. So I'd love if you shared a little bit on that subject. Yeah. Thank you. Um, great question. And this is where, you know, I feel like I'm all about like where strategy meets soul and that, you know, personal and professional development and that balance or that combination. Um, but what I found is that even the strategies that I am using now, and like what I'm teaching others are all centered around how can you how can you like attend to your soul and get back to your life with this strategy? So Mm -hmm. like, yes, let's go over the step-by-step things that you can do to set up an evergreen funnel and to have like a steady stream of organic leads coming in all the time. Even if you take a month off or six months off, like that things could still be going, or maybe you're not even taking off. You're just like, I want to dream up my next project, but I can't do it. If you're having to show up one-on-one every day and This is something where now like we have evergreen funnels for my self-study courses that just on autopilot, like are bringing in tens of thousands of dollars a month and we're not touching it, you know, like it just is happening in the background. Um, and, and, and it doesn't require soul sucking things like spending all day on social media, um, or, you know, spending a lot of money on paid ads and putting all of your eggs into that basket. Like I'm not against ads. I think ads can be a great compliment. Um, but I, I love that you said that actually, cause I think a lot of people worry like, oh, well to set up one of these funnels, I'm going to have to pay all this money, but actually yeah. like. if you set it up right to be organic, that's really not the case. And you're not going to have to learn Facebook ads manager. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So like, for example, my courses, you know, we've had a several 50, 60 K months with, um, our evergreen funnels and 60 to 80% of those sales came from organic means. So we do run ads, but it's only like 20 to 40% in a given month of our sales are actually coming from those ads. So they're just like a booster. Mm -hmm. But if I turn the ads off, our sales wouldn't go to zero. Or if, you know, the iOS update, a new one comes Mm -hmm. out or the algorithm changes or Facebook gets goes bankrupt. I mean, who knows what could happen then you don't have all your eggs in this one basket. Um, Can you explain a little bit for anybody who might not know the difference, like what organic actually means and what a source, an organic source might look like? 
Yes. Great question. Okay. So organic to me means you're not paying for that traffic. They are finding you organically. They're finding you on their own. 99% of the time, this is going to be through a Google search or through search traffic. And so um, what is so great about this is that Unlike social media, where every day your stories disappear after 24 hours, you have to start over. If you like took a break from social media, even just for a week, like, you know, the algorithm is going to like shut you down and yeah. where you're already barely reaching, you know, a very small percentage of who's following you. And you have to start that content creation hamster wheel over from scratch every single day. Yeah. Whereas if you focus on content marketing, like blogging, for example, or podcasting, um, you can create something once, and then you can have a steady stream of organic search traffic coming, finding you that way. Um, every single day for years to come. If your if your content is optimized for SEO and you have like a clear strategy in place to do this. So it doesn't mean you're not creating content ever. It just means you don't have to start over and show up like live every single day to do it. You can create something once and let it like serve you for years to come. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I got back into therapy during COVID last year, and I cannot recommend enough running your issues by a professional licensed therapist. Even if you think, oh, my problems aren't that big, or even if you're really going through something and struggling, having a professional therapist to really help you navigate those times is invaluable, which is why I am so happy to share that our sponsor betterhelp.com is a platform that I personally deeply believe in. So they are an online therapy platform. And what they do is they assess your needs and then they match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with that therapist within 48 hours. And by the way, it's not a crisis line. It is it, and it's not self-help it's professional therapy. It's just done securely via an online platform. So there's no waiting in crummy waiting rooms with a couch that your butt sinks into, right? <laughs> you get timely and thoughtful responses. Anytime you log into your account and send a message to your therapist, and you can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it really easy and totally free if you ever want to switch from one therapist to another that might be a better fit. The other thing I love about BetterHelp is they make therapy affordable for everybody. It is one of the easiest, most affordable online therapy tools that I have ever seen. And not only that, but they also have a financial aid program available for anyone who needs it. So if you want 10% off your first month of therapy, go to betterhelp, that's H-E-L-P.com slash findyourmagic. You can also use the code findyourmagic at checkout for that 10% off, findyourmagic, all one word. And all of this will be in the show notes below. So head to betterhelp.com slash findyourmagic. 
Absolutely. And I feel like that truly is sort of the golden ticket. Once you understand that there are ways to create content that does live on, that can Mm -hmm. do the work in the background for you. It's like having a sales team. It's like having a sales team out in the internet working on your behalf without you having to pay somebody. (laughs) Right. It's so, it's so important. And by the by, I I can't let this go without talking about copy because you guys know copywriting is, I'm an evangelist about learning to write your own high converting copy. Don't freak out if you're like, I don't know how to create content or I'm bad at writing, or I don't know how I would even begin to start blogging. There are so many resources out there. Kate, these are all teachable skills. Yes, exactly. These are absolutely teachable skills. SEO, which is search engine optimization. All of these things are absolutely things that you can learn and Kate is a great resource. I'm a great resource. Please approach us if you have questions about this. Um, And the thing that I don't want to happen is for someone to hear about like, oh, creating an organic funnel and organic content and just never starting because they're afraid to, to create the content in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. No, it happens all the time. People get in their own way by being so afraid to not do it right. Um, especially they think they have to do it right the first time around. Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to um Mark Ronson on Dak Shepherd's podcast last week, and he was talking about, you know, how he achieved so much success in the music industry. And he's talking about the early days, and he says something like, Well, I spent a lot of time getting it wrong so I could figure it out. And I was like, yes, that is the thing that people are so unwilling to do is get it wrong until they figure it out. But that is necessary to get it right eventually. That's so true. That's so true. That makes me think of like services that I used to offer that I no longer offer, but like, and I took them off of the, the plate because it wasn't bringing me joy anymore or whatever it was. However, those things were invaluable to be like, oh, I actually don't necessarily want to work in social media marketing or like, I don't really want to sell people on this thing. Like, but I'm glad that I learned it and I'm glad that I did it. And you know, it was valuable for a time. You just never know. Action is the only way to get clarity. And I feel like we just get so in our heads about thinking we have to know everything before we start it's like, you just have to start and then you will figure out what works for you, what you enjoy, what's, you know, from a like financial perspective, what's working. But if you try to figure it out in your head before you start it, you'll never start and it's impossible. <laughs> and also you can't start doing actual market research, which right. is the way that you really optimize how you're able to make money. And what I mean by that is it took me a long time. Like I had my course copy class open quietly for a while. And I was part of a bundle because I thought, you know, I really want to hear from people and what their experience is to understand who's paying for this. Why do they need it? Why do they want it? So that I can tweak my marketing and my copy to attract more of the exact right clients. And unless I had released that course in the first place, I couldn't change it or optimize it to start being able to charge more for it or to reach the right people with it. Exactly. Yeah. 
And something else you said too, that I feel like is worth going back to is that it creates, like you don't have to do as much sales and that that is one of the beautiful things about blogging or podcasting is people build, you build that know, like, and trust factor so much more quickly that then when it does come time to sell something, you don't have to sell so hard. Like you can just say, and now here's an offer. If you're ready to go deeper, take it or leave it. And like, you know, that it can just be, I'm just presenting an offer and most people are like, oh my gosh, well, I already know and love you and trust you from following you on all of this free stuff. Now I'm ready to take the next step. And it just doesn't, you don't have to show up in that kind of way that I think, especially women feel like, oh, it's pushy. It's salesy. I don't want to be salesy. If I had a nickel for every time. (laughs) Same, same. That's literally my tagline because I've heard it so many times. Like, how do I write words that sell, but not sound salesy? And the answer is you give free content and you write how you talk, like just communicate with like how you talk. And I loved this in the very beginning of this conversation, you were saying that your brain works like once you figure something out, you want to teach it to people. And I think that's so awesome and admirable and important to, to remember that like when you're showing up and you are giving content, whether it's free or whether it's paid, you are helping someone else have the shortcut that you wish you had had at the beginning. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I feel like it's, that's why I like working with coaches or buying courses or, you know, it's like, okay, if I don't know how to do something, let me go to somebody who's already done it, get their tips and tricks so that I can get there faster than I could trying to piecemeal together, like random free advice from a dozen different people who have conflicting opinions on YouTube. Mm. Oh my God. If I, if I had a nickel for all the YouTube <laughs> wormholes, I've gone down. So I, I don't want you to leave without talking a little bit more about the success with soul incubator, because one of the things that I love about that is it's not just about business. It is that soulful piece. And I think it also is amazing that you really bring in people from a wide variety of expertise, expertises, expertise, I don't know, (laughs) expertise, expert, seriously, expertises. I I don't know, but that sounds (laughs) but it's not just business people. It's also people who have expertise in the holistic wellness space. I know you've had a tarot reader, my friend in there. So will you talk a little bit about how you came up with this idea to create this? And I love the word incubator. It's this Mm -hmm. lovely container for all these different aspects of feeding your soul so that it feeds your business. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. So, I mean, it's kind of what you just said about like, we create the things that we wish we had. And that's exactly what it is. Like I've done so many masterminds and group coaching programs and, and so many of them have been phenomenal, but I always felt like they were leaving out one piece. It was either like a lot of soul, but no strategy of like no actual tangible, like, okay, but how do I actually make money? Right. Um, or it was all strategy and no regard to the fact that you also have a life and potentially kids or family or friends or like 
any, any other interests outside of just work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Yes. Um, so I really wanted to create something that was both. And especially that really focused on women and feminine energy and really honoring that part of ourselves that is so often shoved down in this Mm -hmm. industry, um, and the world. And so, yeah, we have a soul session every month and we bring in people like tarot readers and Kundalini yoga experts and breath work people and things that to just like really feed your soul and, um, you know, almost like forced self-care because sometimes if if we don't, you know, if we don't schedule it ourselves, then it may never happen. So now it's like, well, you've got this call and you got to (laughs) come. And so, yeah, we do do that. (laughs) And then, you know, just today before this interview, we had a Facebook ads expert in talking about how to build Facebook ads, sales funnels. And, um, so it's, it really runs the gamut and, what I've found is I love self-study courses and I take them myself all the time. And sometimes that's all I need, but I feel like then there's that other, that next piece, like that access and support of, um, of that coaching Mm -hmm. and group coaching is such a great format. I wish I had discovered it sooner because you still get a lot of like one-on-one direct, um, advice and you can bring your questions to calls, but you also get the like community and the connection with other people who are going through very similar things. And I've been in group coaching programs where now I'm like, man, with very few exceptions, I think I'm only doing group coaching programs moving forward because the the people that you meet and the support that you get from that, um, is just unlike anything else. So the incubator is like, we have, it's very feminine and, um, moon cyclical. Um, we have six phases and there's the four phases of the moon and each phase corresponds with either a strategy or something more holistic. Um, and then we have the North star and then we have solar energy for when you just need to channel that masculine energy and make something happen quickly. So, um, it really, um, my goal is that it addresses all parts of, of who we are and not just one thing. Cause we are all way more than one thing. I love that. It addresses all the parts of who we are. And by the way, you guys links to access information about the success with soul incubator, along with Kate's other programs are going to be in the show notes. So definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Kate, before I let you go, I always try to ask my guests this question. Is there a moment that comes up for you where you really felt like you dug deep, listened to your intuition or what I call found your magic Mm -hmm. that you, you really felt like it was a turning point that maybe was a little bit unexpected or something that you feel particularly proud that you did? Yes, so many. Um, The one that's coming up is kind of what we've just been talking about. So uh, last year was 2020, the pandemic, and I had planned to launch a membership. I felt like that was what was the next thing for me. But I just like had this hesitation and this feeling like, I don't know if this is it and I don't know what else it is, but I'm going to hold off on adding this revenue stream, which my business needs, you know, but I just need to kind of like sit with this and see what comes up. 
And I got served an ad for a conference, a virtual conference. And Rachel Rogers was one of the speakers and I love her and was like, sure, I'll pay 40 bucks to go to this. I mean, who knows? And I feel like it changed the trajectory of everything. And it's actually why I ended up creating the incubator in the format that I did and not going this like traditional membership route way. Um, and I'm so glad that I did, even though it meant a lot longer of a process to get it started and going and, you know, and it would have been easier to just be like, yeah, let me just do this thing, even though it didn't feel quite right. And I couldn't even quite put my finger on it. I just knew yes. it wasn't what I was meant to do. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And then you ended up creating again, coming back to that idea, creating the thing that we wish we'd had when we yeah. were looking for that guidance and that community. I yeah. love that man. Oh man. <laughs> Kate, thank you so, so much for being here on find your magic with me today. You're just such a light and I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you. It was so fun to chat as always. Thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of find your magic. Again, you can find all of Kate's information in the show notes below. There's lots of good stuff and even a couple of freebies. So be sure to check it out. I'm Kelsey foremost. This is find your magic. Take care. Hey, magic maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.